What's going on, guys? Welcome to Calling All Crap Beer. My name is Luke. I'm your host, and uh, I'm in the car doing my thing, rolling around. I'm actually on my way to go pew pew shopping. So uh, <clears throat> I've had a couple new EDCs picked out that um, I wanted to go take a look at, and that's what I'm actually heading to go to. A buddy of mine's shop in Davie, Florida called CSC Arms. Um, Bernie's a good dude. If you're in the area and you want to go see somebody about all your pew pew needs, um, go ahead and hit them up. It's again at CSC Arms in Davie, Florida. And uh, that, um, We'll see what happens. I don't think he has anything in stock right now that I'm actually looking for, so I may end up ordering something. But um, those of you that are into um, firearms in general, I'm looking for a you know three-inch pistol, essentially for an everyday carry. And uh, the two that I'm significantly looking at were actually number one and number two on the best guns of the year list or best EDCs of the year list. Um, which is a six-hour P365 and a and or a um, Springfield Hellcat OSP. So um, that's what I'm going to go see what we got and just check out some other stuff that he has. He is a uh, not only a full-on dealer but also a manufacturer and a customizer. They create and manufacture some badass AR-15s and you know stuff like that that are there brand of, of, of weapons. So it's pretty cool. If you're interested in that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> to get off the pew pew wagon for a minute, I'm going to, uh, I got to talk about this morning. So, um, I haven't really been out of the house much the last seven to 10 days, not really because I, uh, I was scared or anything like that. I just haven't had a need to leave. Like, you know, I kind of, I've been riding my bike every day and doing that. So I've been going outside, but I haven't been to any stores. I haven't been to any restaurants or anything like that. I think I did go and pick up a takeout order for me and the family, you know, uh, last weekend. But that was like my only time. I haven't been to been shopping. My wife's been, you know, taking care of that and whatever. So it just hasn't been a priority for me. So now here I am this morning. I wake up. There's no coffee. I'm like, all right, you know what? I got to go run the Publix real quick, grab some coffee. And, uh, bring it back home. So I walk into Publix and mind you, like first thing I notice is going into Publix, they have a huge printed sign on the door that says, wear your masks. And it literally proceeds to tell you that it is illegal not to wear a mask. Now, mind you folks, this is not true. This is a complete and utter fallacy. Okay. It is in no way, shape or form. Is it illegal to not wear a mask? If you have a medical condition that messes with your oxygenation or anything like that, you are, you by law are not required to wear a mask now. And they cannot, and due to HIPAA and other laws, they cannot ask you one, they cannot ask you why you can't wear a mask. And two, they are, it, it is illegal for them to deny you service in that circumstance. Now, if you're just an asshole and you walk in and you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. You know, then they can absolutely refuse your service, but it's, and, and again, you know, I'm, I hate the masks. Do I comply? Yeah, because I have no choice. I mean, I live in Florida and you can't go anywhere without 
wearing a damn mask now rather than fighting with people over and over again. You know, I've gotten away with it in a few occasions where I'll walk in somewhere and I'm like, and they ask me and, you know, I'll say, well, you know, it's illegal for me to wear a face covering if I'm carrying a weapon. And they'll be like, oh, okay. And they kind of just leave me alone. So I've dealt with that, you know, whatever. And again, you know, I'm not sick. I don't have any issues. I'm not coughing, sneezing, barfing, you know, doing whatever on people. And when I go into a store, it's usually very quick. I go in, I grab what I need, I leave. I'm not hanging out with anybody. I'm not having fun. You know, it is what it is. So you can be mad at me all you want, but that's just how I feel. So first they have a giant sign that says it is illegal to not wear a mask. It is, it is, a, it is illegal. Um, it, is, it is unlawful or something like that. I think is exactly what it said to not wear a face cover. So anyway, so we got that. Then you walk into this store. They, there's no longer music playing over the loudspeakers in Publix anymore. They have on a continuous repeat, a monotonous, um, monologue that states all customers must wear a face covering over their nose and their mouth and maintain six foot social distancing at all times due to COVID-19 concerns, blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on and on and on and on talking about that. It's probably a minute and a half long recording that is on repeat over and over and over, just repeating the same thing over and over and over to everybody. And it's ridiculous. I just couldn't believe. I felt like I was in a concentration camp. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, I literally felt like I was being commanded versus, you know, actually having rights as a person. You know, it was unbelievable the uh, what was going on. So I hit some traffic here and I'm going to have to pause this. So I will be right back with you guys ASAP. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to segment two of episode 56 of Calling All Crap Beer. I'm back at home hanging out, and uh, I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, definitely having a week, a day, a month. I don't even know what to say. So it's, um, this is one of the things that I enjoy the most. I, I love doing this show. I love my involvement in the craft beer community, the camaraderie that is craft beer, the people. It's just amazing. But it's definitely been detrimental to me in terms of my health and, you know, things like that. So I've been considering lately to clear out the fridge and take a break from craft beer in general. Just to help myself get back in shape. You know, I've been working out for a few weeks now. I bought a bike. I've been bike riding and, you know, doing little workouts here and there. And I'll be honest, you know, as much as, as much shit as I, you know, believe that the COVID-19 crisis has been blown out of proportion. I have a good buddy of mine that, um, has been in ICU for nearly a month and been on a ventilator for two weeks. His name is Todd. He's only 42. He's only two years older than me. And the dude is, uh, you know, like if I had to compare the two of us, he's definitely in better shape than me. You know, does have high blood pressure like a lot of us do, but that's about the only underlying conditions he has. And I mean, he's struggling, you know, like it's minute by minute, hour by hour, you know, nobody really knows what's going to happen. So it's been a little kind of a wake up call for me. Like, I, you know, and again, I don't know, you know, it's kind of, it goes back to like the, 
the conversation that everybody's having right now about the kids going back to school. It's like, do they go back to school and wear masks and social distance, you know, and, and run the risk of potentially becoming infected? You know, even though we've it's been pretty much proven that they're the least vulnerable in terms of the disease and, you know, whatever else. And I don't know, man, I, re- I don't have the answer. It's not fair. You know, I don't have the answer. And uh, I actually wrote something <clears throat> that uh, will probably make a little bit of sense in terms of this, which uh, I think will make sense for me to read it so everybody can kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about. But it's <clears throat> so I see an awful lot of people complaining about the back to school battle. One argument is that they should go back to school as normal with masks and such social distancing as possible. The other is everybody stay home and do virtual learning at the expense of the parents who don't have the luxury of being able to work from home and supervise their kids without going broke and ending up starving and homeless. Then there's this in-between group that thinks the federal government should provide some type of child care, money, etc., etc., for parents who have to work and can't stay home with their kids. Let's discuss this a bit. So kids go back to school. They potentially get sick because all we all know most kids will not keep a mask on, let alone social distance. Or maybe they don't, because at this point, who really knows? The only data we have is a few other countries that have sent their kids back to school with great results and no resurgence of COVID-19. Kids stay home without parents. DCF comes a knocking because they find out there's a, from a concerned neighbor that your 12-year-old is at home alone with you while you're out at work and trying to take care of them. Your child starts watching things they shouldn't, talking to people online they shouldn't. Maybe they find the bottle of vodka you had stashed away and decide to experiment. Maybe they burn the house down. Maybe they're kidnapped and sex trafficked. Yeah, sounds far-fetched, I know. But anything can happen, especially in these crazy times. Government provides childcare. See, kids go back to school because it would literally be the exact same thing. Government provides stimulus. This is probably the best option to most people from a visual standpoint, except for the fact that the kids who deal... Except for the kids who deal with abuse, abuse on a daily basis. But to think what it would take to provide enough for at least a single parent to stay home for any length of time is massive. It has detrimental circumstances all around. If the government gives out too much, people who can work will forego it and will lead and it will lead to a lack of desire to work places like grocery stores, pharmacies, restaurants, etc., will no longer be able to employ people because they'd rather just simply stay home and collect their free check. You see, this would quite literally create a vicious cycle of people living off the system, and before we know it, the United States will literally be a socialist nation. At the end of the day, there's no easy answer. There's no cut and dry plan. We know that our children have been proven to be the least vulnerable, but no parent wants to put their kids in harm's way, even if the probability is low. However, as you can see, each and every one of these situations potentially puts our kids in harm's way. If you have the answer, I'm sure there's a millions of concerned parents who'd like to know. So we come to a crossroads. Do you let who makes the decision? Do you let the government decide for you or do you decide for your family? Have you ever been backed into backed up against the wall and felt like no matter what you do it may be a mistake? <laughs> Welcome to 2020. So at the end of the day, I mean that's <clears throat> I'm sure how a lot of us feel. I mean I don't know what to do. You know, I, I do have the luxury of working from home so my kids can stay home and I can work with them and make sure they're okay and they'll, you know, they'll be fine. My wife can go to work. I can stay home and take care of them and do my thing and I'm good. But not everybody has, you know, that luxury. And 
It's just, I don't, I don't know the answer, man. I wish I did. You know, I have my own theories and if they would have come back and decided to send the kids back to school, I probably would have been okay with it. I said, you know what, let's do it. See how things are going. Because even in these circumstances, you know, even the few kids that have gotten it has been, have been the, their reaction, you know, whatever to it has been minimal. Like they haven't had, um, they haven't had a lot of severe reactions to it. There's certainly not been an influx of children who have passed away from the virus. I mean, I'm not, I don't know numbers off the top of my head, but I would say that the people who have passed away, children under the age of 18 are less than 1% and uh, of the overall fatality rate. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I mean, losing one life is never enough. I mean, it's never good. It's never good. But it's hard. I mean, there's no right answer. And that's why I don't understand why people are so hard on the president through this whole thing. Because, dude, it is a virus. I think what a lot of you fail to realize is that this damn thing is going to run its course no matter what we do. We can lock everybody in basements. We can tie everybody up, handcuff them, put masks on them, give them medication. We can do whatever the hell we're going to do. But at the end of the day, it ain't going nowhere. It is going to run its course. And when it's done, it's done. And that's a simple fact. It is what it is. And you may not want to believe that. You may want to yell and scream, oh, he didn't respond to it properly. He caused more deaths. Da, 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 da. It's bullshit. It's a virus. Nobody, nobody could have handled it any differently. You know, you look at states like South Dakota, one of the best, you know, response rates overall. They never shut a damn thing down. You know, you look at countries like Sweden. They did the same thing. Yeah, they had one spike and then that was it. it flat rate, flat line. Kids are going back to school. Everybody's doing great because of herd, herd immunity. They never shut down at all. They never had made people wear masks. They never social distanced. They never did any of that shit. They literally just went about it as normally as possible. And all they do is protect the most vulnerable, the older people and things like that. So, you know, you look at stuff like um, Japan. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, how come Japan had so little deaths? No, I get it. And you're a million percent right. You know, why did Japan have so little deaths? Well, Japan had so little deaths because of the way, again, the way they handled it, you know, and the way they took care of it. So it's uh, it's pretty incredible when you look at the overall response and, you know, and, and dude, people keep throwing China's numbers back in our face and they're like, oh, but China, 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 China has been lying since day one. Okay. I know people in China that I work with, that I have business relationships with that have told me about seeing piles of bodies being burned. So don't bullshit us and try to tell us you only only a thousand people died or only this many people died or whatever their, you know, rules are or whatever their the numbers that they actually put out there are. It's bullshit. I gar- I will guarantee you beyond a shadow of a doubt that at least a million people died in China. Guaranteed. And you can ag- agree with me, disagree with me, it doesn't matter. I really don't care, but that's the truth guarantee you that a million people died in China and they're lying about it. You know, one of the things that was out there for a while was the cell phone companies, you know, that all the accounts that went delinquent from like in one month, they had 20,000 accounts go delinquent. Okay. Why is that? Because 20,000 people died (laughs) and they had nobody left to call, you know, AT&T and Sprint and whatever else and say, Hey, or, you know, Ching Chong, you know, Chinese telephone company, which Forgive me. I, I just don't know any Chinese companies. I'm not trying to be a racist scumbag, but you know, I don't know. Like, and but it, at the end of the day, that's just the reality. So, uh, 
just overall this shit, man. I want to go back to the gym. I want to work out and I want to not be worried about whether I'm going to, you know, get this stupid virus and end up dying. You know, I definitely believe the virus exists. Do I, do I believe that it is as severe as they say it is? No. But I do believe that it affects people that are um, more susceptible, like, you know, that have underlying conditions and shit like that, like myself. You know, I'm overweight. I got high blood pressure. And it's not something that, uh, I, you know, that I want to take a chance with, so to speak. I want to be careful. I don't want to have any issues and you know, so going to the gym and shit like that, it makes me nervous because I don't know who is actually taking care at the gym and cleaning and doing what they need to do. You know, judging by the way things were in the past, there were, I've never been to a gym that was truly cleaned and maintained and sanitized the way that they're supposed to be. And that's just one of those things that you can't control. You know what I mean? Like no matter what gyms are saying, oh, yes, you know, we're doing this and we're doing that and we're taking extra precautions. You don't know for sure. You know, I mean, so it makes me nervous. And not only that, but I don't want to work out in the mask. I mean, it's not a fun, easy scenario for me. You know, being a heavier, overweight guy, I already struggle to breathe when I'm when I'm taxed. So imagine how much more difficult that would be with a mask on. So anyway, I, uh, you know, I just I don't want to go over a bunch of this stuff and you know keep beating you guys up with it you know it's there's definitely i'm sure we're all going through our own little struggles and you know things but i definitely feel like it may be one of those situations where i end up having to take a break from beer and taking a break from beer doesn't necessarily mean taking a break from the podcast but i might have to take a break from reviewing brews on the podcast i don't know though because i have so many back you know so many backdated brew reviews that i could probably I could probably do two or three months worth of <laughs> of uh, shows without ever needing to actually drink another beer, which is crazy. So, But I am going to come back and finish this off with a segment three of this episode with brews, brew reviews, and we're going to talk about some brew business. So I'll be back shortly. Thank you guys for, again, tuning in. I really appreciate you. I'll be back shortly. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the last segment of episode 56 of Calling All Crap Beer. My name is Luke, and I'm just here for some brew reviews. So, but before we get into the brew reviews individually, um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what's going on right now in the craft beer community and the craft beer um, industry. Um, I've been a little disappointed lately in some of the cans that I've been picking up from some of my favorite local breweries. And let me explain why. Um, I'm sure some of you are, you know, familiar with some of these local area brewers. And I'm not going to call anybody out because I don't want to create any enemies or piss anybody off. But I'm going to put a general statement out there. And what I think is going on right now is I think a lot of brewers are going through a very difficult time because of COVID-19 and the shutdowns and all this other bullcrap. But sadly, you take breweries that had like ample taproom business and they were doing fantastic and they were putting out maybe a can release every three weeks, every month, and the quality was just superior. I mean, you were getting brewers that were far beyond anything else that was out there and it was just 
I mean, phenomenal. Well, now skip forward, you know, six months, you know, post COVID or, 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 you know, ending of COVID here we are. And unfortunately we now have brewers that are doing can releases every week. And I feel like they're doing them only to stay afloat. And I understand I'm not mad at you. I get it. You got bills to pay. You got people to pay. You got a business that you're trying to take care of and keep going. And when you don't have that taproom business that you're used to, you know, it's got to come from somewhere else. So let's do more cans. Let's do more, you know, minor distribution, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and I'm not faulting brewers for that. But what I'm finding in this is that the quality of the beer is going down. And it's even more so apparent in reiterations of old beers. So we've had quite a few companies, um, local breweries, especially down here in South Florida, in the last you know month or so, month, two months, that have put out, you know, air quotes, new versions of old beers. So, and very few of them, if any, have hit the mark as to the original. And it's, and it's disheartening because as a fan of the brewery, as a fan of the craft brew, you know, community in general, we go out and we spend our money and we buy these beers. And some of us, I mean, I mean, I'm not even, I mean, I can't even get into Hall of Status, like, you know, Albie Miami Beer Brigade and some of these guys, you know, regardless of the fact that I know 90% of them make their money back. And I, on the other hand, am someone who is spending my own money that I work very, very hard for and trading with people and trying to get stuff out there. You know, I mean, I send South Florida beers all over the place for free. I don't get paid. I don't, you know, I don't, people don't pay me for beer. I mean, 99% of what I do is trades. And even sometimes I don't do trades. Sometimes if I have somebody who really wants to try tripping animals or unbranded or Jay Wakefield or something like that that's down here that they've never had before, I'll just send them a bomb without any expectation of it coming back my way. And, you know, that's just the kind of person I am. And that's what kind of love I have for the craft beer community. There's a reason why I do this damn podcast. You know what I mean? But it's disheartening to me, especially when I go and spend my own money to purchase a four pack of a beer that I've had before. And I'm expecting fireworks and I crack it open. I pour it in my glass and it is dog shit. And I'm going to be blunt and say that there have been quite a few that have literally been dog shit. They're nowhere near what the originals were not even slightly the same. And it's frustrating and heartbreaking to those of us that are spending our own money to buy this, knowing that the quality is subpar. I would much rather, you know, have just a new beer that, you know, and maybe the new beer is subpar. You know, maybe the new beer isn't that great, but if it's different, I'm not going to compare it to something previously, if that makes any sense. And it's just been been heartbreaking, you know, recently, and it sucks because I, you know, we are the ones that are keeping these breweries afloat. We are the ones who are spending the money. We are the ones who are going there, promoting them, posting on our IGs, doing all the stuff that we do. And when we spend the money and we go and get this beer and it's subpar, it's frustrating, you know, and um, and it's unfair, you know, to us as consumers and, and fans of these breweries that we're seeing this. And I've actually had some people reach out to me personally, same issue, you know, and they're like, damn, dude, like, I hope these people aren't losing, you know, you know, losing their, their grasp on what other people want or what they're doing. Or hopefully, hopefully they're not just, you know, rushing beers out to try to make, you know, extra money. And, and I'm sure that's what's happening in a lot of these instances. Maybe they're not being fermented for long enough. Maybe they are not using as much, you know, raw material because of the cost. I don't know what the case is. I don't know. And I'm not going to, 
pretend to, to know or pretend to understand, but it is frustrating. So now here I am the, today, Sunday, the 15th or Saturday, the 15th of August. And I know I haven't put out a podcast for a month and a half and I'm sorry, guys, I actually recorded episode 56. This is now the fourth time. So there, this will be three segments that were put together. But prior to this, I had actually recorded three interviews that were supposed to be episode 56. And they were so controversial, so deep, so mind bending that I decided not to put them out there because, you know, obviously a lot of you guys that listen to the show, you know me. You, you at the, by this point you understand that I'm a Trump supporter, that I'm a conservative, not a Republican, but a conservative, and um, and you know that I you know believe in a lot of this crazy conspiracy shit and whatever else is going on. But a couple of the people that I had on as guests, it just got too deep. It got to the point where you know things were some things were being said that maybe I didn't even necessarily agree with, and I felt like it was too much to put out there. So I actually nixed those episodes and move forward. And next thing you know, six weeks goes by and I haven't dropped an episode. So I'm hustling my ass off to get this one out there today. This won't be super long. I'm going to do this uh, review session really quick and I'm going to call out my favorite brewery. Okay. Let me, and let me explain something to you before I even name my favorite brewery, which are those of you that, that, uh, that know me know what it is already, but I want to preface this with a you're I still love you (laughs) I still appreciate what you're doing I still understand where you're coming from and what the issue is and you know and and what's going on and I will continue to buy your beer because nobody's perfect no brewery is ever going to put out 100% perfect beers that are always fantastic everybody's palate is different so there will be certain beers that certain people don't like you know, I'm not a crispy boy, so like for me, you know, pilsners and basic lagers and things like that. I mean, yeah, I'll have one by the pool once in a while. I actually have a couple of bottles of like uh, Land Shark Lager in my fridge that I bought actually for a chug challenge a while back. You know, and I'll hit one up once in a while when I just want a random beer, but I don't go out of my way to get those. I'm not going to go to a craft beer brewery and spend eighteen dollars on a four pack of a pilsner or or a you know or or a basic lager or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. And South Florida has, is quickly becoming one of the most expensive areas for four packs of craft brew. I mean, you go to Tampa and like TBBC and you know Tampa Bay Brewing Company, you can get like a four pack of Hop Silo or something like that, which is a decent 7.5-8% beer depending on which version you get, you know, for 15 bucks. Down here in Florida, the min- the minimal cost of most of these brewers is 18 to 24. It depends on what the brewer is and uh, where you're picking it up from. So we're definitely quickly becoming one of the most more expensive areas, which is typical for South Florida. I mean, we're expensive for everything. So, but before I go into like the actual brew reviews, and I don't want to be completely negative on this, but I'm going to start with my disappointments and move on to some things that have been, um, that I've been more, that I've been happy with, I guess. So one of the breweries that, you know, my favorite brewery that has been a disappointment lately is Trippin' Animals, you know, and I love you guys. And I hope you can take this with a grain of salt and understand where I'm coming from and be open-minded to understanding, you know, where your consumer base is coming from, what we're doing. 
But what they've been doing lately is they've been coming coming back out with a lot of um, reruns of old beers. Like in recent, and you know, in the recent uh, couple months, they've done Bagheera, they've done It's Showtime, they've done Mosquito, they've done they've redone um, I want a, I want a sour, they've redone Two Sedan the Last. You know, there's quite a few that have been like redone that were older beer jackass. You know, things like that was a. Uh, there's quite a few that have come out that have been um, reruns of old beers. And the sad part is that the sours have been the ones that have really fallen short until today. Now today, I've, unfortunately, I'll get to that at the end where I had a triple that actually has fallen flat on its face. But the uh, you know Bagheera was amazing. Bagheera, in my my personal opinion, Bagheera was better than the original on this second release, and I absolutely loved it, and I still have one more can in the fridge, and we're talking a few months back, and this is just held up. Like, the flavors are still there, the, the, the thickness and creaminess of the brew is still there. It's absolutely a fantastic beer, and, um, and I won't even begin to downgrade that in any way, shape, or form. I think, I feel like you guys did an absolutely fantastic job, but Mosquito fell, I mean, like, flat on its face. Mosquito was, you know, and the sad part is that I actually had this conversation with, um, with, uh, Iker like a while back asking when they were going to bring Mosquito back. And he was like, ah, you know, I don't know if we're going to do it because it's a really hard beer to get right again because of the, you know, he goes, even when you just get into like the ripeness of the fruits makes a difference and things like that. So I honestly didn't expect to see it again. And it's hard because the original Mosquito was literally one of my favorite beers I've ever had. One of the, you know, I rated a 5.0 on a tap, which is unheard of. And when the second one came out, it was just a watered down mess. It was literally a, you know, my last can of Mosquito, I let it sit for a couple weeks in the fridge. I ended up drain pouring it because there was just no flavor left. It literally was like a watered down version of the original. And I was bummed. And it sucks because, again, I spent $22.00. You know, I believe 22 on Skittle because it's a lot of, uh, it's, only, it's a 6% sour, but I believe because of the cost of the fruits and everything that it was a higher, it might've only been 20, but somewhere around there, 2022. And, uh, so I didn't even re-review it. You know, I'm not going to go back and bash a beer online, you know, um, for no reason and give it a bad review, especially when the original was a 5.0. So just kind of sat on that one. Then, then the next one, next one we had that kind of popped up was it's Showtime, and it's Showtime was a fantastic, I mean, absolutely creamy juice bomb, and it was another one it fell flat on its face, watered down, not a whole lot of flavor. I mean, even even when you compare pictures that I have of the original it's Showtime versus this one, I mean, you can you can look at you know one is a is opaque and nice and bright yellow, looks like orange juice, and the other one was see through. You know, it just, it was not even, I don't, like, it wasn't even the same slightly. It just was totally different. And again, you know, here's another 20 bucks out the door on a four pack. And, you know, I actually shared that with two buddies and they were, you know, they were like, oh, it's a good sour. Like it wasn't too bad. And, and I think if I didn't have the original to compare it to, I wouldn't probably have been as critical, but that's what I do. You know, that's what this show is all about. And that's what the giving it to businesses. So then the next one on that one was Jackass. Now Jackass was just as good, if not a little bit better than the original. And I'm there damn happy with that. Jackass was a triple, uh, I think it's 10.7% ABV. 
um, collaboration with Tampa Bay Brewing Company, and it was amazing. I loved it. I still have one more can in the fridge that I sat on for a little bit that I probably need to drink soon, uh, just in case I don't want it to, to let it go too long. But um, I've been kind of trying to cut back on beers, and they just keep coming. <laughs> I mean, I have a whole fridge right now full of other half. Um, I still have a bunch of pure brewing, pure brewing from um, Cali. I got some New Glory in there. I got Calusa. Um, damn, what else? I got single cut. I got all kinds of cool shit in there. And I got a whole nother load coming from Cali from NorCal. So I got Alvarado Street, Slice, more New Glory, you know, shit like that on, you know, coming in the next like week or so. So um, as far as I know, I don't know exactly what ones are coming because it's kind of a surprise. Me and my buddy might do that. But um, same as me and my buddy Drew. But, um, you know, I have a lot of beer in there. So some of the things have kind of I've, I've let go. And and sadly, the going back to, to it's showtime real quick, the last can of it's showtime I had, I did the same thing as a mosquito. I literally, they were both back to back and I literally drain poured both of them. And I was bummed, you know, I'm like, damn, dude, like, I, I can't believe I, I shouldn't even have let them last go this long. You know, I was pissed. I really was upset at the fact that they just did not hit the mark. Now, Jackass hit the mark. Jackass, like I said, was the same, if not better, than the original version, and it was absolutely fantastic. So then we get into Iguana Sour. Iguana Sour was probably middle of the road. It was one that was very similar to the original, but slightly under. Like if I, but, but when I say slightly under, I probably would have only changed the rating 0.25, maybe 0.5 on untapped. Um, still a good brew, and again, I chalk it up to, you know, the simple differences with like fruit um ripeness and things like that but it was it de- definitely didn't fall as short as like the showtime and mosquito did so uh still overall good brew um did its thing and then we run into some others that tripping animals did so tripping animals came out with the it, it's a cat it's a dog and these were actually designed as, to be a cuvee style sour where you mix the two together and they were phenomenal. Like I actually liked them both by themselves and they were, um, very good together as well. I think it was even better together, which is what they were designed to be, which I thought that was fantastic. So then we run into like the dino series. So the dino series, you have like Bronis. Well, I think I already reviewed these on a past show, so we'll, we'll pass on that for now, but I'll get into today. So today, um, I cracked up on my second beer. Okay. The first one was called Dress to Impress. It's a collab with Civil Society, 9% double IPA, uh, you know, borderline triple IPA. And it was fantastic. Creamy, you know, tropical, like tons of flavor, nice and hoppy on the back end, a little bit of bitterness, slight booziness to it, but just a phenomenal profile. And when I talk about tropical, it had so many like tropical pineapple, mango, like so many flavors that it was all just kind of mixed together. And it was absolutely fantastic. I was a fan of Dress to Impress. Go into the fridge, pull out one of my new Two Sedan The Last. Now, Two Sedan The Last was genuinely like one of my top favorite brews from um, Trippin' Animals ever. You know, we're talking about Triple IPA with Florida, you know, with uh, um, Florida Blossom Honey. I mean, it was just an amazing, an amazing beer. So much so that when the first round came out, I think I ended up buying like six four packs. Because what it was, I got two the first time. I was out of town. I was in Cal. I was in a uh, Vancouver, uh, Canada, and I called a friend of mine and had her go by and pick up two four packs for me when it dropped. And then I liked it so much that when I went back the next time, which was like a week later, they actually still had it, and I ended up buying four more four packs. It was such a good beer. 
and it lasted. I mean, I, I do, I kid you not, I probably had them in my fridge for like eight weeks and they, and it, to the, to the last one I drank eight weeks after I bought the originals, it was still just as good as it was in the beginning. Now I cracked it open today and drew and, um, and drank the one from today and it is piss water. It is completely flat. It is lost. You know, it is nothing like the original to sit in the last. The coloring is different. There's no creaminess, very mild sweetness, and the flavor just is not balanced. It just doesn't make any sense. It's nothing like the original beer in any way, shape, or form. And I was devastated. You know, I was like, this sucks. Like, $22 four pack. And it literally tastes like an old beer. And I'm drinking it. I have, and I'm not going to drain pour it because it's 10% and I need the ABV right now. <laughs> but, um, but I was just bummed, you know, and, and I'm not, and again, I want to reiterate, I am not mad at Trippin' Animals. I love this brewery. I love the family. I love the people, but I'm not going to sit back as a brew reviewer and as a podcaster and not call you guys out when you've made a mistake, because I feel like it's only going to help make you better. And I feel like what you guys are doing right now is... And there's more than just tripping animals. I'm just happen to be calling tripping animals out right now, but um, I feel like you guys are rushing cans out to keep the business afloat. And I understand. I, you know what I mean? I do. I really, really, really do. And I almost would rather you do that and keep the doors open so that when things do somewhat go back to normal, you know, we can. You'll still be there, but I still want good beer. <laughs> you know, so. It's just, you know, it's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. This whole COVID thing has fucked everybody up. It has, like, you know, ruined the camaraderie that is craft beer. It has ruined the, you know, the community that is craft beer because we just can't come together, you know, and and it's frustrating. So to to the guys at Trippin' Animals, to Ignacio, to Iker, to, you know, AJ, um, I'm trying to think of everybody, Mike, you know, all you guys, I love you. I love Trippin' Animals. I love what you guys stand for. I love the family atmosphere. I love the brotherhood. I love the beer. But guys, we got to get straight. You know, and I, I don't know if that means allowing some of these beers to ferment for an extra week or whatever the, the issue is. Or if it is, you know, cutting back on, you know, raw materials or whatever the case may be. But I need you guys to get to get, to get back to where you were. And right now, I feel like the last few brews that I bought have fallen short. And it's heartbreaking. You know, and for me, I, I you know, I, I don't want that to become a norm for tripping animals because you guys are way, way, way better than that. You know, and we'll go back to the last two that I'll drop today are the pie series. So the banana cream pie sour ale that just came out this week, I picked some of that up as well as the she's my cherry pie. And both are 6% sours, banana cream pie sour and a cherry pie sour. Now of the two, the banana cream pie was better. Um, but it's missing aspects that would make it banana cream pie. It has a little bit of banana. I got a little bit of vanilla on the back end, and that was pretty much it. A little bit of creaminess that we could possibly, you know, say, okay, that's like, you know, graham cracker. But no way, shape, or form was it a banana cream pie. It was maybe banana cream, but not a banana cream pie. And how could I put this? Is it... Is it enjoyable? Yes. Did I enjoy the beer? Absolutely. But as someone who's going to hold you to the label and say, this is supposed to be a banana cream pie sour ale, you missed the mark on certain aspects of what would make it a banana cream pie sour ale. 
So bummed there. I rated that a 3.5 out of 5 on untapped, which is probably one of my lower ratings for a while until we get to the cherry pie. Cherry pie sucked. And I'm just being real. All lemon. I got no cherry flavor. I got no vanilla. I got nothing. I literally, it was literally just like a red lemon beer. And I'm going to, I have two more left because I actually shared these with a buddy of mine in Indiana. Um, the, he, I actually sent him two of the banana cream pies, two of the cherry, she's my cherry pie, two Sudan, two, two Sudan the last and two dressed to impress. So I split my four, four packs with him. Um, on my own dime, sent it to him. Didn't, it's not, this is not a trade. I mean, this is not a, a paid thing, nothing. I just sent it to him because he's my buddy. And I'm going to let the other ones that I have sit for about a week and see if that kind of gives it, gives them a little time to progress. And I hope it does. But because I know sometimes these beers can be green and when they're green, the flavors on our was as evident as they should be. So I'm going to give it a, give them a week and go back to them again. And if they're better in a week, I'm going to, I'll change my reviews you know, I'll re-review them and kind of go from there. But, um, but I was genuinely bummed. And when I saw the the pie series, I got a little nervous about that. You know, when it comes to uh, you know sour sour ales and stuff like that, or not sour ales, but I, I got a little nervous about that designation. You know what I mean? Because I mean, a lot of people do pie stuff and like stouts and you know, porters and things like that, but it's not very, uh, well, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, actually I do see a lot of pie stuff in like sour ales and things like that. So, but I just, I got a little worried. I didn't even, I didn't have the key lime one, which was the very first one in this series. And I did not purchase the, uh, nor did I purchase the, um, what was the other one? The other one was the cinnamon and I forget what that one was, but when I saw cinnamon on the label, which was the the one right before these two were released, I was like, eh, I don't like cinnamon in beer, so I don't think I'm gonna I don't think I'm gonna be able to roll with that one. And I forget what it was. I think it was a berry pie or something like that. But <clears throat> um But during this whole pandemic, there's been a ton of phenomenal beers that have come out of Trippin' Animals. Tranquilo Tropical 2.0 was probably one of my favorite beers. You know, period. I mean, there's so much stuff that has happened and gone on, you know, because I think in the beginning, there was no rush to make money. There was no desire. There was no push to because I don't think all of us didn't expect this to be going on, you know, 160 days. I mean, here we are now. I want to say I think today is the 152nd day of this lockdown quarantine bullshit. Fuckers asked for 14 days and 152 days later, we're still like somewhat quarantined. So definitely bullshit. And I just encourage you guys, man, you know, just the, don't let the quality of your beer suffer because of the frustrations of simply making money and things like that, because you will be rewarded from people who love you and appreciate you and, you know, want to support you with good beer. But if you make shitty beer, your customer base is going to, going to leave very quickly. So, um, I do want to give a shout out to invasive species as well in a positive way. I haven't really had too much from invasive species. I actually had a really bad experience there. And I think I told you guys about this one time before where I actually showed up, um, on site and just had a really bad experience with a bartender and ended up getting up and walking out without even tasting a beer like a year ago. And it just never, I just never went back. And then I got, um, Will Malini from Malini Mob actually gave me a couple um, double IPAs from them uh, not too long ago. And I've had 
a couple like on tap that I've been in random places that have had their couple of their beers on tap in the last like six months to a year. And it's always been good. I've never, there's never been anything that I didn't like. And even with the one that Will gave me, which I forget what it was called, but, um, but it was like, a, even with Sabro hops and whatever, it was actually a decent double IPA and I liked it, but I went down and hit them up last weekend for their recent drop, which was four, four cans. They came out with two double IPAs, Danktona 500 and Power Couple, and then two Kettle Sours, Slip and Slide and Marshmallow Chancletas. And I, I mean, they were all fantastic. So Slip and Slide, you know, just an amazingly fruity um, Kettle Sour, you know, probably a little on the sweet side, but I like sweet, so I'm good with that. Definitely enjoyed it. I think I rated it like a 4.75 out of 5 on Untapped. The uh, Marshmallow Chancletas was a 5.0. I mean, that one was just absolutely fantastic. I mean, the I haven't ha- I didn't have the original Chancletas, so I don't know what to to um, compare it to. But the but everybody that I saw like in reviews and stuff was saying that the Marshmallow Edition to Chancletas was absolutely fantastic. So it was absolutely beautiful. The mouthfeel was amazing. Flavor profiles were fantastic. I mean, I want to say I believe it was raspberry. Um, pineapple, there was a couple other, vanilla, you know, I mean, just, I mean, so, so, so damn good. And then the Danktona 500 and Power Couple, both double IPAs were just, I mean, fire, shot out of the cannon, you know, I think one, I think they're both like eight and a half, nine percent, somewhere around there, and they're fantastic. I mean, I just, super creamy, juicy as hell, massively crushable, just loved them both, and definitely put me in a position that I'm going to be making more of an effort to go hit invasive when they have drops, you know, more frequently. They're a little bit out of the way for me. Um, Trippin' Animals, which has been my favorite for a long time, is a little bit more convenient because of the highway aspect. Takes me about 20 minutes to get to Trippin' Animals in Doral. Um, Whereas invasive species is actually physically closer in miles. But where they are and how I have to get there takes me double the time. So it's about 40 minute drive to get there. So um, and I don't and again, anybody listening to this show right now, I love tripping animals. I'm not downplaying them. I'm not talking shit about them. I'm not beating them up, but I am giving real constructive live feedback because I want them to maintain the positive reputation, the positive, you know, I just want, I just want to get damn good beer from them. Like I have for the last, I mean, God, year and a half, two years that I've been buying from them. Uh, it's been, it was a year in November. So, I mean, I've, I, I literally bought my first beer from Trippin' Animals in January of 2019 and they had only been open for like four months. So I've been pretty much a fan since day one and I want to continue that. I don't want you know, I don't want to allow a few subpar beers to sway my overall desire to want to associate myself with a brewery because I love them, man. I mean, if it, not only the fantastic beer, but again, the people. And it's just important to me that we keep all of our South Florida breweries together, kicking ass, doing what we need to do and maintaining this community that is craft beer in South Florida, despite COVID and everything else that's going on right now. So, I love you guys. I appreciate you. And uh, this is episode 56. Later.